welcome to the Truth Be Told podcast. I am Marta Brummel, and by trade and training, I am a certified life coach with a psychology degree from the University of Notre Dame and a master's in clinical social work from the University of Michigan. I'm the mother of four children. I'm married to Craig Brummel, my favorite human, and I am the CEO of a private life coaching practice for young adults and parents. So the whole idea behind this podcast and these conversations is to learn how to navigate this human journey from the inside out by building a life skill set that allows each one of us to engage with this grand life adventure from a place of health, wellness, and confidence, and to create something beautiful by weaving in meaning and purpose along the way. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode number 24, Worry, Control, Beliefs, and a Parenting Manifesto. That is quite a mouthful, I recognize, but this episode today is going to cover all of those things and uh, and then some. So I am happy you are all here and I am happy to be here with you. It's a beautiful spring afternoon here in Colorado and I'm grateful to just have this time to to be with all of you and to kind of focus in and hone in on these very important topics that I think I am really as a coach I come across these every day and the more I'm working with parents the more I recognize that dance with worry and how worry can be transcended by trust and curiosity and how our need for control can be softened and the antidote for control is trust again and also the willingness to let go and to be curious and then of course our beliefs are things that we all hold on to and have kind of part of our repertoire from very early on typically and those beliefs need to be examined and kind of brought to our conscious awareness when we are struggling mightily alongside our children and looking at those beliefs and recognizing maybe some of them are not serving us. Like, for instance, when we see our children struggling, we think something has gone wrong, this is not as it should be, and this is not good. And so, and we need to fix this. Those are beliefs that I know seem to be make true and factual sense, and yet those are beliefs that create so much unnecessary suffering. Instead, it's being curious about this and recognizing struggle is part of the human journey. Struggle is not a bad thing. It is difficult to move through for sure, and it's for all of us, I think, in that process to hold space for each and every one of us who are kind of walking that journey, right? So for this mom that I talked to today, She has a daughter who's in her teens and kind of struggling with friends, struggling with body image, struggling with confidence, struggling with this sense of, you know, dealing with feelings and feeling your feelings and not really knowing how to do that. And it's really all about this whole being human thing. And what does that look like? And how do we do that? Right? No one really teaches us how to be human and to do it in a way that softens the edges and helps us navigate the hard and the highs and the lows and the in-betweens. And so in working with this mom, for instance, it's been beautiful to just witness how she's 
You know, she's definitely bringing up a lot of worry and she's got a lot of fear and she's got a lot of heaviness that she's kind of carrying with her about her daughter's struggles. And I was sharing with her today, I said, you know, I think we can gently shift you from that worry and that fear and that belief that this is not supposed to be and that, you know, she shouldn't be struggling to she is struggling. And now what? And it's okay, right? And let's figure out how to be resourceful. How can we get her the help she needs? How can I be the mom for her and not be the worrier, right? The one that exacerbates her her struggle but says, hey, I'm here with you. I'm walking with you. I'm holding space for you. That is really what we're called to do as parents. And yet it's so hard to do because when our kids struggle, it brings up all our shit. So it's always so fun, right? <laughs> I always say to parents, our kids really are our mirrors and they are our greatest teachers and they trigger in us so many of the areas of work that we need to be doing to kind of get ourselves to a more conscious place and to a healthier place. And, um, you know, it's kind of a hand in hand journey for all involved. And so, I couldn't love this work more, and yet I also want to say that this work, I walk the walk. And with my four children, we have had our share of struggle, and we've had our share of hard. And I just want to say the more I do this work and the longer I am a mom and the more I live into this world and just gain the wisdom, I think the more I trust the process. And it doesn't minimize or try to... Uh, negate the struggle as much as it says, yes, it's here. And now what? What do we do with this? How do we grow from this? How do we move through this, right? So there's that quote that I shared with you guys last week, and I want to just share it again, which is, who we are and how we engage with the world are much stronger predictors of how our children will do than what we know about parenting. And this is the best news that I have for you parents out there, because I think the majority of us believe that we would love, right, to have a parenting handbook for our young adults that answers all of our unanswerable questions and in the process minimizes our vulnerability. And even better, it comes with guarantees and it provides a soft landing. And it would tell us that if we follow certain rules or adhere to a certain method, our children will be happy and healthy and confident and resilient and loved and successful. And on top of that, they'll marry well, right? And they'll stay safe. Of course, with these assurances, then we believe we'd be able to let go of our young adults without any fear or worry. For their well-being. And this sounds beautiful, or so we think, but it's not reality, is it? And being human, struggle is going to come. Happiness isn't the, the quest, right, that we all truly are on as much as we're seeking meaning and purpose. And within that, we will experience incredible joy and we'll have happiness at times. But that's not the be-all, end-all, because in order to have joy, right, and to have happiness, we have to have sadness and struggle and hard. And I think confidence comes from struggle. Hope comes from struggle. The things that we want as humans, we need to, to be willing to build through the hard. So I think it's all. It's kind of this mixed bag of things, and it's the full package. 
but I think it's hard to you know, know how to navigate all this, especially as parents. And the desire to keep our children safe is real. And we believe sometimes when they're not happy that something's gone wrong. And I just want to say up front, that's typically just a sign that work needs to be done. And it's okay. It's, it's what it is. So this human journey doesn't come with any guarantees. And really, the only guarantee I'd say is that it's going to be the wildest and richest and most daring adventure of our lives. So as I said earlier, who we are and how we engage with the world are much stronger predictors of how our children will do than what we know about parenting. So it's just good to know that we are not the masters of our sweet children's destinies. They are. And today, as I said, we're going to talk about some things that we can do as parents to gently shift our experience of parenting our young adults that will soften the edges and create more connection and I think an ability to let go and trust. So the first thing that I think all of us as parents would love to do and no one's just really taught us how to do this, but the first is to operate from less worry and cultivate more trust. Wouldn't that be a beautiful thing? I just don't think we're sure how to go about doing that. And amazingly, when we start letting go of control, our worry can be channeled into loving more freely, which is precisely what our children need. They don't need more worry. They're already doing it for themselves. So this is always a kind of a big aha for parents with whom I work because I think they almost believe that worry is necessary. Worry is a habit, and it's something that we can learn how to change. I often tell my clients that worry feels necessary, but it has no upside. Does worry ever get us anywhere? And are we able to worry enough to create change? Or do you think and are you willing to admit that really it only exacerbates it, right? Worry doesn't have any sort of upside to it. When we have less worry, though, we have less reason to get anxious, right? And when we're less anxious, we show up very differently for ourselves and for our young people. So instead of tightening the reins and holding on for dear life and kind of white-knuckling it, right, we can actually loosen our grip and ride the waves and certainly be part of the solution, but not really know exactly what that looks like, right? The solution isn't about fixing necessarily as much as it's seeking out what is needed and how best to help our young people integrate all these learnings and all of this awareness into something that's going to serve them going forward. So this ability to operate from less worry and cultivate more trust. It's a more productive and softer way of being because worry and anxiety only make us become more controlling. Which segues beautifully to my number two, which says, I think most of us would agree that control is not a solution. At least it's not a long-term solution. It can never solve the cause of our worry. 
It's only going to change maybe a behavior, but it's not going to change a, a way of thinking and believing, right? And our worry is not created by the outside world, by these circumstances, by our young adult, for instance, right? Or their behavior, or their struggles, or their pain. That is not where our worry comes from. In fact, the cause is found in our minds, in our belief systems. What are we thinking about the circumstance or their behavior or their struggles or their pain? What are we thinking about our child struggling and having anxiety? And what are those thoughts creating in us in terms of how we feel? Ironically, worrying about their anxiety only heightens and intensifies our worry and anxiety and theirs. It's, it's only going to kind of amp everything up instead of soften it, right? Or at least tame it, which is really what is called for. Instead of compounding it, we can actually be part of softening it. So I think it's safe to say that the control initially might suppress our worry, and it temporarily distracts us for sure. But our worry and our anxiety come back in full force, and often it comes out sideways. And I think all of us can understand what I mean by that, because we didn't change the cause of it, right? The cause is not the externals. It's not the circumstance. It's not our young adult. It's not their behaviors, it's not their anxieties, it's not their struggles. I'd just like you to consider that control is not the antidote. Letting go and trusting is. When we worry, you guys, we allow our mind to dwell on what it perceives to be a problem, right? And we're letting that happen. But now knowing this doesn't mean that we blame ourselves for it, right? Which is exactly what I was saying to this mom today. Don't blame yourself for worry, but understand that's a choice. It's an option. It doesn't have to be the primary option, though. We can change that. We can shift that. But awareness is required in order to change anything. And her awareness of why she's feeling so worried and why she's feeling so fearful that is at the root of what she needs to get to in order to soften things and to decide if she would like to choose to engage with it a little differently. So worry has us dwelling in the negative and in all the areas that we cannot control. We always go to the worst case scenario, right? But we're allowing our brain to do this because we don't know another way. And worrying then, for so many of us, it becomes a habit. And it's the habit underneath our anxiety. It's driven by our need for control. So consider that control is not the fix that we're seeking, but instead get to the root cause of why we are worrying. Why are we fearful in the first place? When we actually uncover this and the drivers of our worry and our fear, it opens up a whole new world for us. And once we open that world, my friends, it creates a freedom. It loosens things up. It lifts the veil. Because why? Well, this segues to my number three. Once we understand the drivers of our worry, once we uncover the beliefs that are driving our actions, then we are able to examine these beliefs and thoughts. 
and see them for what they are. They're thoughts. They're optional. They're not facts. They're just how we're choosing to think about something and interpret it and perceive it. So by examining something and by examining these thoughts we have and these beliefs, we can then learn to manage them and gently shift them and ultimately, if we desire, replace them with more helpful and useful beliefs and thoughts, similar to the mom originally thinking, she's struggling, this is bad. Instead, she's struggling and it's okay. It is. You see the difference? I don't know for you, but for me, immediately that lifts just a little bit of the heaviness and that anxiety and that worry and allows for a little bit of an opening of a door, right? And a curiosity and possibly it's a softness. So I'm sure that this is no surprise to the parents out there that we are filled to the brim with worrisome thoughts and beliefs. And by letting go, you will experience such a huge relief because once we learn how to cope with the worry and not feed it, not compound it, be aware of it, notice it, right? Once we have that ability, it can remove our reason for control in the first place. We don't need to control it because it's something we can actually grasp, hold on to, be with hold space for, and then decide what do we do with this, right? So by getting rid of those excuses, it gives us a new perspective. There's a stronger belief in self and then a willingness and an ability to trust in the process. And then we can finally understand that the fear of our child struggling isn't necessary. It's not actually dangerous, even though it feels like it, right? Our fight or flight or freeze response is often on overdrive. (laughs) And that's, as many would describe, that's what parenting is, right? But this, of course, leads us to operate from control because we're terrified and we want to make sure we're in control so we can stave off danger. Learning how to manage our mind is paramount to alleviating that need for control because it softens our worry and anxiety by creating different thoughts and beliefs about the very situation at hand. Okay? So we can step back and assess the situation with our higher brain, our prefrontal cortex. That's the reasoning part of our brain. And that can help us reassure our primitive brain the one that's all about our survival, our physical safety, that driver of our fight, flees, freeze response, lets it know, hey, we're safe. This isn't like a speeding car coming at us, okay? It's not like a lion is going to eat us. This is more about life and being human and experiencing some really uncomfortable emotions and situations that we don't really know how to navigate right now, but we're learning. So commit to no more believing the primitive brain without questioning it. Is this really something that I need to run from and I need to be afraid of? Or is it just something I'm physiologically feeling in my body that's fear that my brain's creating, but it's based on something that's not a physical threat. It's more an emotional struggle, okay? So think about what we worry about on a regular basis. 
And for many of us with a child struggling, the thoughts that create our worry is, is my child going to be okay? And then the other is, this, is this my fault? I could have done something differently. Of course, that very wonderful friend of ours, that guilt that can kind of visit us, right? Or the other question might be, are they going to be able to solve their problem? Because in this moment and in these situations, we're believing that pain and struggle is not okay. And something has gone wrong because it's there. And you can imagine that when we have that belief, it only amps up our worry and our fear. But there's no real pressing danger for most of these situations with our sweet humans. Our child is struggling. And it might be with friends. It might be with school. It might be with just confidence and a sense of self and a a sense of who are they? Who am I in this bigger, greater world of ours, right? Am I worthy? Do I belong? These are big questions, but these are not something to run from. These are not something that impact our physical safety as much as emotionally. They're heavy. But when our child is struggling with these things, they're not hopeless, my friends. It's not a terrible thing. Nothing has gone wrong. In fact, as a coach and as a mom, I realize it means everything is going right. How they manage that struggle, how they move through it, how resourceful we are in helping them kind of manage that, move through it, and how resourceful they are, that is the bigger question, right? So instead of freaking out and worrying and then over-controlling, regardless of what happens in any situation, remind yourself, they are safe, you are safe. You have the one tool to solve any problem, as do they. And that tool is your mind. It's magic. So know that our primitive brain causes us some problems, especially current day, present day, right? And in the world in which we live now. That primitive brain, though, has been essential for our survival for so, for so long. But now we are conscious to its primary driver, which is physical safety, right? Survival. And it registers any perceived threats, even if it's fear about a conversation or a test or a child struggling, right? It registers it all the same in our bodies. It's our job of our higher brain to remind ourselves, oh, wait, although I feel unsafe right now, it's okay. I am safe. I am okay. I am going to figure this out. Yes, unknown is in front of the unknown is in front of me, but I can navigate the unknown. I can figure this out. This helps us shift our patterns and behaviors and challenge our interpretations. So one of my clients' moms told me recently, I worry a lot because my son struggles and he struggles a lot with anxiety. And I said, Listen, as you're learning, it's not reasonable or necessary to worry, right? Because your mind is the creator of your worry, not your son struggling. It's that thought you have about your son struggling. You could create something else, though. Instead of believing this is bad or wrong or shouldn't be happening, 
you can create that sense of awareness and the trust of saying, I don't really understand why they're struggling right now, or I wish it could be different. And yet I also understand this is life. This is their journey. I can be here to love them and support them and honor them and delight in them, but we're also going to get the help they need to navigate this and move through it. And then, of course, build the skill set necessary to then be able to do more of that as life unfolds. So most parents push back on this initially when I say to them, you can create something other than worry here. Because most parents don't want to let go of their worry. It's so familiar, right? It's like a security blanket. And they believe it actually furthers things and it moves the needle. But I'd like you to consider, does it really? Does worry ever do any good for anyone? In that moment when we're worrying, I know it can feel productive and protective, Because, of course, the mind is thinking all about the worst-case scenarios. And all that worry pretends to be useful. But guess what? It's not productive, and it's not protective, and it is not useful. We can go about things a little differently, my friends. And most of us resist this for a very long time. Because we think we know what is best and necessary for our children to thrive, right? And to be successful. And we're all about making plans and being in control. But stepping into the unknown, the reason we desire control is that the unknown is scary. It's terrifying for some. And acknowledging that the human journey is a walk into the unknown is really hard for many parents to accept. Whereas making plans, of course, it feels and seems to be the responsible thing to do. But my friends, listen. Trusting the unknown and the unfolding is really where our work is. Because we are not the masters of our children's destinies. Yes, we are there when they're younger to keep them safe from harm's way and out of harm's way. But as they get older and as they engage with adulthood, right, and as they are moving into adulting, our job is to let go and to trust and to know even through struggle and especially through struggle, they're going to figure it out. They're going to find their way. So life can throw a lot of things our way that we perceive as threats and That's difficult because if we're constantly reacting to threats, not physical threats, but these emotional threats from that heightened alert place, right? That heightened from our place of our central nervous system is all heightened up and kind of amped up. It doesn't allow us to return to baseline. It doesn't give us that opportunity to take a breath and to kind of relax into it, right? Because in the modern world, as I said, our primitive brain is interpreting all these things as threats. But then we never have a chance to breathe and to trust and to get to safety. And what I'm here to say here for you guys to say today is it is possible to question our brain's interpretation of what is happening, especially those things that we used to just believe as truth. Believing that something hard means something's gone wrong. 
No, that's not truth. What is truth? Something's hard. Okay, how do we figure it out? Now what? What do we do with this, right? Don't run from it. Engage with it. So this is countercultural because our culture reinforces control and the ideas of what success is, right? And success, for some people, believes that there shouldn't be struggle, right? We should just experience happiness and, <laughs> and goodness at all times. And if struggle hits, then something's gone wrong. But this, of course, can be emotionally and physically stressful. So the first problem is allowing our primitive brain to interpret circumstances as a threat, right? And if you don't change the interpretation that it's a threat, you're kind of in trouble. You're kind of stuck in this perpetual cycle of anxiety and fear and of being on heightened alert. So that know that growing up and launching our sweet humans is not for the faint of heart. I will tell you that. With my four kids, each one of them has stretched me and challenged me and taken me places I never, ever imagined possible, right? It's full of challenges, but there's so much more to it. Along with the challenges, I think we'd all agree there's so much goodness, so much joy, so much growth, so much hope, right? That is the good stuff, but it's all part of the package. So kind of come back to this with me, that we are being stretched all the time by our kids. It's not going to go away. But worrying is not protective. It's a lie, okay? If you want freedom, get the content of your mind out on paper. Get it in the light. See what's percolating up there. What's causing the worry? And you know what that is when you unearth the thought that's creating the worry. Because we know that our thoughts create our feelings. And for one of my parents, I remember my a mom of a client said to me, I feel like I did a bad job as a mom because my daughter is struggling. And I said, how does that feel? And she said, terrible. And I feel awful, but I don't know what to do about it. And I said, how about this? You're learning as you're going along. You are walking this path with your daughter. As much as she's walking it, you're walking it. You're learning as you're going. You've made mistakes. We all make mistakes. Welcome to being human. But guess what? Open up yourself to this belief and this, this knowing that you don't have to have all the answers. It's not our job as parents. Our job is to do our work. Our job is to love well. Our job is to, as Brene says, have that strong back, that soft heart, or that wild heart and that soft front. Strong back, soft front, wild heart. That's our job, and as much as it's our job, it's also, I think, our calling for our children to help them grow into that as well. So operating for more trust and less control, my friends, it's the ticket. So step back. Give your kids and yourself, frankly, some breathing space. Hold space for your feelings, especially the fear and the anxiety and the worry. But do not pass it to them because it's not theirs to carry. Allow for them to make missteps. And this is how they learn and grow in adversity and hope. 
and then help them hone in on their inner knowing. Help them start to trust their intuition, their voice, that inner voice. You want that inner voice to be theirs and to be coming from a loving, kind, compassionate, trusting place. Not, you don't want it to be your voice in their head, right? But initially it is because when we raise our children, that's the voice they hear most often. So we want to make sure that voice is coming from a loving, compassionate, curious, kind place so that their own becomes that as well. And then come from trust and less from control. There's all sorts of reasons for that that we've just talked about today. Happy to engage with that further as we go on future episodes. But teach them, my friends, what it means to be human. We all need to learn how to do that better. And model for our children as much as model for one another what it means to be human, what that looks like, and do it as well as we possibly can. Okay? So just know that, you know, I want to kind of end this on two, on two fronts. One, a story about my daughter Ellie and how letting go was something that she taught us in a very profound way when she came home last year. So she's now a sophomore in college, but she was a freshman in Madrid, Spain, spent her first semester away from us. And the wheels kind of came off for her in terms of emotionally, she was struggling mightily. Of course, on the outside, she didn't appear to have any real struggles. She was actually doing quite well, you know, by all intents and purposes. And I think by all appearance sake, that's, that's how she appeared. It was when she got home, and I think I talked about this in a very early episode of one of our, my, my, on this podcast, but it was when she stepped off that plane at Christmas time, she walked towards us and my husband and I both knew our hearts kind of sank like, oh my God, our daughter is not in a good place. We could just tell. And once we got our arms around her, once we kind of got a feel for what was going on, and once we kind of addressed, okay, what are next steps here? What can we do to help her kind of get back on track and get to a place that she felt better emotionally? She was able to get the, you know, the necessary physical and emotional, um, you know, nourishment and um, just uh, acknowledgement and uh, love and care. Once we kind of got that in place for her, and she was, as I often say, you know, the importance of being resourceful, she was able to kind of put some things in place, as were we. But then our work as parents was to step back from the worry and the fear and trust. And no, she was going to figure this out. She was going to come into her own. She was going to find her way. And we, our work was kind of dig into our own stuff and figure out our own process. And for me, it was kind of going back in time and realizing some of the role I probably played in the fact that she's so aware of the outside world and less aware and less attuned to what she was feeling, what was going on inside of her. And Ellie was brilliant at kind of reading the room and making sure all of her friends and her family and everyone around her was okay, but she never really knew how to tend and care for herself. And she's our oldest, right? 
And I think about just our three younger children and how all of them have different skill set because they've had the opportunity to do so. They followed in our footsteps. We had a little bit more wisdom as parents. They're wired just a little differently. But birth order here is huge, I think. And so for me, it was going back and recognizing, when did I allow Ellie to really shine in her own right? When was I willing and able to see her for who she was, her authentic Ellie self? Or when was I so busy with everything else and everyone else that I was just kind of trying to make sure I kept things together, right? And I was running the show. I was kind of keeping everything afloat and making sure everyone was okay, but not really seeing Ellie for who she was. And at that time, she didn't have the skill set to know how to do that for herself. So it's something she's learned later in her, you know, in this time of college. But the growth that I have witnessed in my daughter is tremendous. I love who she is. I love what she's made of. I love what she's about. I love how she teaches us, how she challenges us. I love watching her blossom and flourish. And I also know struggle is part of the package. And all of this has kind of just taught us as parents both to figure out what we own in this, what's ours to own, what's ours to take on, and what's ours to let go and allow and trust. Strong back, soft front, wild heart. If I can do that for me and I continue to kind of model that for my children and especially for Ellie, then I think that's what I can give her and do it from a very real and authentic place. Our kids need to learn how to manage their pain and overcome adversity and failure. And there are so many opportunities to grow in this mental and emotional resilience, which ultimately increases and enhances their mental health. There's no protecting our children from pain. It's walking with her through this. And I've learned this more than I ever learned it before. And Ellie keeps teaching me, and I delight in her. And I, in fact, talked to her today and said, by the way, I'm doing my my podcast episode tonight. Is it okay that I mention some of your journey? And she said, Mom, you go right ahead. That's yours. There's things in there that you have to kind of work through, and she's right. And she said, and whatever you can share with others that might help them, I'm on board. So there you go, you guys. Where is our control, Right? It's our relationship with our children and who we are and how we show up for this life, for each other and for them. This will model for our kids how to be human. We all have to learn it. We all can get better at it. It's our greatest gift. That's truly, that's it, that's it. The parental evolution and frankly our own evolution, just our our human evolution It requires turning that spotlight inward. And the extent that we know ourselves is the extent to which our children will know themselves. So remember that. If anything, the incentive is to do this as much for your children as it is for you. Okay? All right, my friends. Always a gift to be here with you. And I'm going to close today's episode with Brene Brown's Parenting Manifesto, which... I use today and every day, frankly, as a guide and a prayer. And it's kind of like my North Star as a mom to my kids, okay? And as a coach. And when I'm wrestling with vulnerability, 
or worry, or when I've got that never good enough tape playing in my head, this manifesto is a gentle reminder that who we are and how we engage with the world are much stronger predictors of how our children will do than what we know about parenting. Okay, so here we go. The Wholehearted Parenting Manifesto. Above all else, I want you to know that you are loved and lovable. You will learn this from my words and actions. The lessons on love are in how I treat you and how I treat myself. I want you to engage with the world from a place of worthiness. You will learn that you are worthy of love, belonging, and joy every time you see me practice self-compassion and embrace my own imperfections. We will practice courage in our family by showing up, letting ourselves be seen, and honoring vulnerability. We will share our stories of struggle and strength, and there will always be room in our home for both. We will teach you compassion by practicing compassion with ourselves first, then with each other. We will set and respect boundaries. We will honor hard work, hope, and perseverance. Rest and play will be family values as well as family practices. You will learn accountability and respect by watching me make mistakes and make amends, and by watching how I ask for what I need and talk about how I feel. I want you to know joy, so together we will practice gratitude. I want you to feel joy, so together we will learn how to be vulnerable. When uncertainty and scarcity visit, you will be able to draw from the spirit that is part of our everyday life. Together we will cry and face fear and grief. I will want to take away your pain, but instead, I will sit with you and teach you how to feel it. We will laugh and sing and dance and create. We will always have permission to be ourselves with each other. No matter what, you will always belong here. As you begin your wholehearted journey, the greatest gift that I can give to you is to live and love with my whole heart and to dare greatly. I will not teach or love or show you anything perfectly, but I will let you see me and I will always hold sacred the gift of seeing you. Truly, deeply seeing you. All right, my friends, have a beautiful week and keep an ear out for my upcoming online offering, How to Human 101, which is for all of you people out there who would like to walk this human journey with me and the how-to human community. You guys rock, and I'd love to see you on the inside. Okay, my love, have a good week and take care. Having a life coach can sweeten the often messy and hard and awesome journey of being human. Do you have a life coach? And if not, I would be so privileged to be your coach. I have a private coaching practice for individuals and families where we work on getting to the heart of your struggles and paving a path forward that helps you create a life that you truly love. 
when you're prepared to take what you're learning on this podcast and implement the tools and techniques so that you experience profound and lasting results, then contact me at martabrummel.com and we can hit the ground running. I truly cannot wait to work with you.